say like, oh, think outside the box. You have to know you're in a box to think outside the box, right? right. So you have to know. Someone right. has to address it with you. Hey, by the way, um, when you meet, you spoke to someone under the assumption that they were being aggressive. Yeah. And you tend to only do that with people of color and specifically women of color. Right. That's interesting that I've right. noticed that. Have you, like someone generally is going to have to bring it up to you. Exactly. And then when that person reacts, that person's going to get a little hot-headed. Right. It's like they're getting a little bit of, uh, upset. And then it's like, okay, listen, don't worry about it. Just take it easy. And everything's going to be very understanding. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be taken care of yeah. while they have the little meltdown. Right. And then they'll recover and then maybe apologize for all the crazy shit they just said. Or how they, or how you felt about it. They'll apologize yeah. for how you felt about These what they said. don't represent the way I feel. Yeah. I would like to apologize <laughs> to the Native American community. For referring to them as, you know what I mean? Like, all that, like, that gets into, like, you can't even analyze whether a person is being uncomfortable because people are so ready to judge someone for, they should have been composed. Mm-hmm. And then other people for, no, give them space. Give them space. Let them let, let them blow out the lines. It's, it's a man's, don't let a man fucking, you know. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I make fun of that, but I also totally have felt like that. I felt like I'm supposed to, you know, take a motorcycle and go drive through three states. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Speed, speed through, th- through three states. Well, disappearing, just get the voices <laughs> away, you know. like If it, you drive fast, they'll you leave the voices far behind. It'll take them a while to catch up. They'll catch up is. eventually, but that's, you can get far away from That's just science them. right there. <laughs> Listen, we, are, we need to talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson about this. We sure do. It's called anger debris, <laughs> and that's what happens. You just let the anger go, and apparently it, you're fixed. <laughs> drive away from it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just quickly wrap up one of the things that I found distasteful about the Dave Chappelle thing. Just, just to, yeah. just to wrap up everything. Part of the issue no, that I, I think have. That's good. We've done really well. I think I, so too. I think we should. I think we should close it out. So one of the things that bothers me about Dave Chappelle's trans jokes is that mm. back in the day, before he was who he is, how big he is now, he would make all, almost all of his jokes would be about race. Yeah. Even on his show, he really didn't even like make fun of women or sexism or misogyny in the way that he like it was so much about race. Mm-hmm. Some of it wasn't, but a lot of it was. This is including getting Oprah pregnant. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> um <laughs> Just so, check it. Mm-hmm. Just check it. So he doesn't make as many jokes about race now uh, as he used to. Right. And I think that part of the reason that he's switched over from race as a black man, yeah. as a as a dark-skinned black man uh-huh. in America, uh-huh. to trans jokes is I, I get the sense that making jokes about racism, particularly where he's the subject of the joke, doesn't fly anymore. Because I think, like Oprah, I think that his status and his wealth has transcended race so those jokes wouldn't land anymore 15 years ago he could make a joke about getting pulled over by the cops and beat up because because people didn't know who he was he was she's just some black guy right now if he gets pulled over by the cops everyone knows who he is they're not going to take that chance so so him making jokes about race to me like just don't fit anymore yeah but he can make jokes about trans people all he wants because there are so many people right. who would laugh and who find it funny and who think it's something to be mocked, who think... I, I, I can see where you're coming from. It just it makes no sense in my head as a, as a person who's tried to come up with material. Like on stage, it makes no sense to me. 
It I, makes no sense to me. I've watched people on stage who also make no sense to me. I'm looking at them and I'm <laughs> okay. like, why the fuck did you do that? So, of course. Wait, so, totally Dave, so Dave Chappelle's trans jokes don't make sense to you? No, your analysis of why he came up with oh, them, why, well, okay. why he potentially did. Why he potentially don't did. Don't make sense to me. So what, I, so, what I'm saying is. Dave Chappelle, when he makes trans jokes, particularly to people who, you know, a lot of people in his audience agree with the things that he's saying, not on a, I think that's a funny joke level, but on an intrinsic, those people are weird and wrong level. And I'm laughing at it because he's mocking. that's a distinction that is extremely important and we can't just skip over. I'm not, I'm talking about, I'm not skipping, I'm talking about. (laughs) No, but it was a side note I'm saying because that, that's the entire point of it. Whether the joke makes you feel like people are excluded from the, from the fun. Oh, okay. Or included in it. Oh, do you think trans people are included in those jokes he tells? Do you think they feel included? The way that you are even asking the question. (laughs) Do you? Is already. Do you think white people are included in the jokes about white people? Do you? Think? I, yeah, yes, I do. The How same, are they included? Because you know, white people do this like that, right? No, I'm ta- <laughs> you know? Well, that's a really that's not a joke that I've heard before. <laughs> but that, that's an interesting thing. <laughs> and you know, black people do it like that, I'm right? About, I'm talking about like you can even go from a black comic or a white comic. Both but of them like, could tell both black and white okay, jokes, and but but and they're including. Okay. You don't think you don't you have you felt excluded? By an let action. Give, let me give two examples. Okay. Okay. From a black comic and a white comic about both about white people. Okay. All right. Bill Burr was talking about, you know, it started off with like you got to hang out with everybody because black people will teach you that you got to use lotion. <laughs> and so, and then it's like he dated a black girl and she was like, "You need you look ashy," and he was like, "What the hell does that mean? I don't know what that means." And she like put her nails on his arm and like he's like birds came out of it. And, like, <laughs> There was like a whole, like everything just like pieces falling off of my arm. <laughs> and then he followed it up with a crazy one, uh, a follow up, which was like, and we, you know, we have to teach black people to register their firearms. That's all. <laughs> and that was the kind of follow up. <laughs> the thing is, it's funny. Yeah. Now, as f- the whole reason I'm setting this up is to talk about whether a white person listening would feel excluded by that joke. The follow up of the black comic, which is basically Patrice O'Neill saying, um, he said, I think that, uh, Radiohead's song Creep is how white people feel inside all the time. I'm, I, a, I, I I'm ju- a creep. I'm a loser. I don't, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that joke's funny. Why not? I just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. And I'm not white, so I can't be, feel excluded by it because it's not about me. But I actually don't act, think that's a funny joke. I don't understand why not though. I mean, how do I explain I mean, my I think humor? It's a fair I don't question know. Because uh, only because you basically said, "Okay, I, I totally, for sure, for sure, know that that's not funny." As I, you can see from my face and me not laughing. To me, it's not funny to me. So right, of course. So I'm just saying, if you that's certain that that shit's not working, yeah. Mm. Do you know why? Um, I mean, I do. I do think that. It, it doesn't translate if you were to flip it right it doesn't translate the other way if you were if you if someone were to tell that joke about black people it also wouldn't be funny well I mean people white people use reverse racism to make racism not make sense but I, yeah, flips I know. it over and doesn't make sense I know um, you but you could tell that joke about like any group of people and I don't think it would be funny well let's try okay I can't I feel like we have to actually figure that out. We have to figure that out. We don't have to. We could figure <laughs> okay. that out. 
But what about uh, the other thing he said, which was... Pat- said, Patrice O'Neill? Patrice. Okay. About white people. Not the other thing. One of the other things he said, which was, uh, if you look at Nazism in Germany and the way slavery was treated in America, they were treated extremely differently. Nazism was vilified. America was never... Uh, slavery was never really punished culturally in the same way. Okay. Uh, it was... It, it stopped, but that's all that happened. It just stopped. Like, there was a period in the beginning where there was Reconstruction, but then there were a whole bunch of policies put in place. You know I mean, he didn't go through all of these details, but this is where he was coming from when he said that basically the vilification of Nazism, you can see in evidence by the fact that nobody names their kid Adolf anymore, and nobody got that motherfucking little tiny mustache. So basically, when I walk around in America and around all these white people, all white people are basically Hitler's mustache to me. That's what they are. You've now told two jokes that I don't think are funny. Right. And this is wonderful. (laughs) Okay. Because, like, especially the second one was actually a topic that you seemed to be connected to at the beginning. I I enjoyed the first part of that. We're going to hear about But I was also like, is this a joke? Because like, cause well, the first part to me is just real. Right. But not right. not to me, not necessarily set up to a joke. That's the way that a lot of jokes start. And then if there's a True. real punchline, you know, but then it becomes a joke. But uh, then, All white people are Hitler's mustache. When I heard that, I was like, oh, I really, I really, I really thought in that moment, I heard something and I learned something about the nature of being a white person in the same way that I would have listened to you talking about the way that a story doesn't affect me oh, okay. in the way that it affects you as a man. Okay. Because it's something that teaches me about the weaponization yeah. of a group that I'm in. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And that's what I think yeah. he was talking about. And and the, the interesting thing is, is that even, I don't think what he said was funny, it, but that doesn't mean it's not relevant or, or true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. So... In the context of comedy and a joke, it doesn't land for me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't learn from it. It just means he chose to... But it doesn't to... put him in the Dave Chappelle category of... <sighs> I don't... Yeah. Well, this is, what, this is the whole reason I brought him up. Yeah. He's, he's not... Those two jokes didn't attack the group of, of people called Caucasians and tell them that they are not real and they... Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like they, you were. I, I you, never they, understood that Chappelle was doing that. They weren't attacked. Well, no, no but, but Chappelle literally says you're not women. That's what he. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what he says. That's not what he said though. That, nah. I saw him say that. Yeah, you saw him joke about that, right? You did uh, tell. Yes. Him, right, you saw him make jokes about he that. Said, right, he said, I saw him. This is exactly why I'm focusing on that verbiage that you're using. Because he said that. You're right. He really did say that on stage at a comedy show. Didn't he really the way say you're that say- at a comedy show? The way you're show? saying it. Exactly. <laughs> the way you're saying that. No, because I- the com- the conversation about when jokes become statements. Okay. Okay. So that is, that, that's part of what I'm trying to say with Patrice O'Neill, but that's also what I'm saying with, with Dave Chappelle is that right. it sounds like he was more making a statement than right. telling a joke. Exactly. So with Dave Chappelle, well, it kind of feels like he's more making statements right. than telling jokes. Exactly. It, if does, they were, it does sound like that, doesn't it? If they were funny, I would laugh at them, but they're not but, funny. But 
Yeah, actually, what, what probably more accurate to say, but if they were funny, then you would be able to ignore the statement of them. No, I would. No, I wouldn't ignore the statement. I could. I could still have a problem with him telling. Isn't that exactly what we do, though, when we laugh at shit that we don't agree with? No, uh, no, you do. You don't have. I mean, to, I've done that. You don't, so don't have to ignore. That, a, I have laughed at shit that I don't agree with. I've laughed at rape jokes. Right. It doesn't mean that I that I want to willingly go see. Pay a t- pay money to right. to see a comedian who I know is going to tell. Like I wouldn't do that. I right. wouldn't. But if I'm there and the right. comedian is there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. different. Yeah. I just don't understand the way that a, like when a, when a musician plays a song and it doesn't work and they fuck it up, people are disappointed and they don't feel as much as they would have. But when a comedian fucks up a joke. They were the people in the audience literally act as if the drugs turned into some sort of thing that clogs your arteries and gives you a heart attack. When a, when a musician fucks up, a, what do you mean by fucks up a song? Do you mean doesn't play it Misses right? Misses a note, doesn't have the emotion, any version of fucking up a song that doesn't no. get the emotion to you. That's totally different. Mm, that's totally different than a comedian choosing. Like he, the, when that's a com- what I want to figure out. Why a, is it different? When a comedian gets to the place where they're on a special, they've workshopped that joke several t- and many oh, different forms. to the musician? Yeah, but they're not fucking up the joke. They're telling the joke the way it's supposed to be told. The joke is the problem, not how they delivered it. Okay. So the song... Let's, let's, right, it's I'm the song. I'm trying to figure out. Okay. If a, if a musician plays a song right. that played correctly right. still is, like, right. wrong. But it's like, you have to think about the lyric. Like, did he make the note or he or she make the notes... Be- wrong on purpose or or did they make lyrics that where the lyrics are like actually offensive to people and Maybe people it's don't cold outside uh you know the focus on that too oh boy for example yeah i or, mean uh, the song that... sugar how come you don't how come you dance so good being problematic and making it unavailable are different things i can listen to a song uh, what is it? Big Pimpin. Uh, after Jay-Z got caught cheating, after Lemonade and whatever, he or after he had his yeah. daughters or whatever, he was like, I wish I never I never, I never, made Big Pimpin. I can still listen to Big Pimpin knowing that Jay-Z wishes he'd never made that song and know that it's problematic. Yeah, I can, that sounds like a small problem. It's I can listen like to R. Kelly. You know what I mean? That's not I like, can listen to R. Kelly understanding that he himself... I listen to Michael Jackson. Yeah. I can listen to these people. I think Michael's a better example than knowing R. Kelly. That, no, I can, I, can, I can listen to these people, right? And I would never I would never platform them to the point that like their companies or whoever whoever owns the rights to their music could make could make money right. off of me platforming them. But right. me listening is not going to make the money. Like me, me listening on my own laptop that has nothing to do with iHeartRadio or anything, like that's not making them money. So I can still enjoy their music. The same thing with people who watch actors who do so horrible, terrible things, still go see their movies. And, and, and Chappelle specials, if you knew that it the, wasn't good. The interesting to them. thing is, I don't think they're funny. You have to show me someone who I actually think is funny well, that's, who, that's who also exactly, says shitty things. No, that's exactly why I'm bringing up this difference between <laughs> artists because I think comedy is different than the other art forms in that way. Okay. I mean, at least different than music and different than dance. I mean, I don't know about theater, maybe, because it's a play and it's also using dialogue. Mm -hmm. But you are talking about a message. And then, for some reason, when it's like, you know, Robin Thicke and Pharrell talking about, I know you want a girl, then it's like, you know... But that it really, like, when you sing it, it sounds really nice. And a lot of women out there... 
or whatever it is, like, grab this dick, you know what I mean? Oh, Go ahead, Lord. like, make this shit happen, like, <laughs> let's dance. Like, I love the way you say that. How much of it is, basically, we started talking about codependency, how much of it is just people reacting to the societal structures and basically saying, well, this is the best version of a man's message that I can expect, and I love the way he says it. Mm-hmm. Or is it someone who's really attracted to someone, someone who's fascinated by someone and inspired by someone? That's really what we're talking about, I think. It's like, how do you separate those things? Well, I mean, as we spoke about several hours ago now, I, mm-hmm. inter- entertainment can can be vapid yeah. or it can be enlightening. Yeah. So when we add the element of entertainment, it can skew certain things. But I'm, I disagree with adding the element. Why? It was always there. It was always there. It was always there. Okay. Some it, people in academia decided to remove it. Oh, okay. It That's was there it was. originally. Yes. It was there originally, and, that, and now we're trying to add it back. Um, for me, I can be entertained by something that is also problematic. But Nymph- if, Nymphomaniac. The movie? Yeah. The movies. The multiple movies. Right. Yes, I, I watched them. Yeah, same. Yeah, wasn't entertained by them, but I watched them. Oh, I was entertained. By I them. thought, you know, it was not from, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it, I mean, that's exactly what I, I guess I mean by being entertained. But we're, yeah, anyway. Sorry. I did. I didn't enjoy it, but I thought it was interesting. So yeah, I, I agree with that totally. I was, I was in despair most of the time. <laughs> Despair, but, I but you kept doing it. I was yes. like, I'm just I'm gonna finish it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, a lot of money. These are amazing shots. <laughs> this is so uh, this is something. <laughs> this is this the is, best port I've seen in years. Uh, yeah. It's very it, oh wow. Just we're just going there. We're just right up in there. Well that's like, whenever lens. you whenever you leave the element of inspiration, then you go into okay, immediate satisfaction. Woo. I feel like. Woo. Yeah. Part of what I wanted to say about Tushmau thirty minutes ago was this. Sorry, I'm not saying that I know why he fixated on trans people and stopped telling as many jokes about race, but I think mm. it's interesting that he know that I think jokes about race wouldn't fit him as well with his with his wealth and his fame. It it doesn't make as much sense anymore. I, and I do want to say, I for me, this word actually makes sense in this context. Attacks trans people and to me yeah what he says is right. attacking trans people because he literally has said you are not you're not women like to, and and so i interpret that as an attack not everybody fair, will was, to be fair that was in the second special every everybody <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you for clarifying um, um i to, to me and, and i got into a little a little argument over social media about how I don't like it when people punch down. When you're, Dave Chappelle is so high up that almost any, any group I of mean, people he talks about, almost any group of people, he would be punching down. But he chose trans people, which are like way down on the list. They're so far down. This is not so clear what you're talking about because, because, because I don't, I just mean comedians talk about this. All the time. This is exactly the science we try to analyze. Okay. This is not news to any comics. The idea of punching down versus punching up. The thing is, once a group is seen as down, then there is an element of protection that is not awarded to them as individuals in society, but is implemented in terms of comedy. Okay. That is analyzed. So, for example, just because... You're in an audience and you're watching someone make fun of handicapped people and you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that that handicapped person later on who's in the audience actually gets treated better later on when they're walking down the street. Right. 
But still, people feel like you're punching down when they're watching the show. Right. So that actual element is present, and that's what comedians respond to. Oh, fuck, you guys are clamming up now? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so they're not... The actual physical harm that is attributed to that actual person Mm -hmm. is, quite honestly, not an issue in the moment in the room because the person is... The performer is really just reacting to, at first, the way that um, victimization provides protection in an artistic setting. Okay. In this case. Okay. I understand. So, like, it's just logical. You're talking about pushing an old woman down the stairs, (laughs) and people are like, where you go with this, bro? Right. Like, I know old women. One of them is my grandma. (laughs) Shut the fuck up or make some sense. Yeah. And so that level of protection is is immediately initiated in the audience, and that's what comedians respond to. Okay. So like we 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 get we get tired of hearing about the tribulations of quote of of real people. To be honest, because it's yeah. like those real people aren't present in, in the rooms. Just the representation of how we how the collective culture feels about them. So we react to that. So um. I understand what you're saying. The the issue is that, particularly in the past, I would say six years, a lot has shifted in the paradigm of what is acceptable behavior in society. And the problem is that telling a trans joke 15 years ago may not have necessarily translated to actual... No, it's not. Sorry, sorry. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it may not have actually translated to hate speech or a negative encounter or violence against the trans person 15 years ago because people mm. were were more, more more closeted about their hatred. Right. Right. <laughs> so whenever you're you're you have a platform, you should look at the people who are supporting you and ask yourself if those are the kinds of people you want on your side because a lot of the people who are very open to all of these trans jokes are people who are not just you, which is I, you don't have an issue with trans people. You just, right. you, you just as think as far as I know, as far as you know, you just, yeah. you're just like, this is just another joke about another group of people I right. don't belong to. Right. But there are lots of people out there who are like, especially now that they know Dave Chappelle tells trans jokes. Right. They're like, I'm going to go support Dave Chappelle because right. I don't like trans people or because I don't think they're real or because, you know, whatever there's, right, there, but that just seems like a logical just the way things work. It's like, so you what if blue was assigned with Nazism, and then people just like the color blue. Like I'm, I'm making way too big of a, a comparison. So what I'm, so what I'm saying yeah. is, okay. Unfor- I'm unfortunately, okay. when you say stuff that he's said, it becomes polarizing, and then the people who fill your audience tend to be people who aren't just like you, who are just like, yeah, right. like you're just telling jokes. They tend right. to be people who are like, yeah, they're not real people and we don't like them and they're silly and we should sure. mock them. Sure. And those people, yeah. because of the last six years, yeah. are also most are likely to be the people who are emboldened to to, to, to keep make it go from outside of their brain. Right. Because like, I'm not going to convict you of a thought crime. Right. If it stays in your head, I can't complain about that. But those people are the people who are more hilarious. likely to yeah. make it a reality. Right. This is exactly what I was talking about the last time we got into this conversation, which was the actual furthering of... Uh, I, I really just think that in a country that is so reactionary and extremist, it is, it's just so unrealistic to even guess that we can be concerned about the 
tangential not that's even diminishing it but the 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 consequential energy that would come from a joke that people would align with because they align with the exclusionary energy of that joke oh that you're you're thinking you're thinking pre-trump no i'm thinking about exactly what you just said you understand how crazy people especially in your in new york city where people are attacking asian people because of coronavirus and we're in a liberal city. They also stopped drinking Corona. I think that makes complete sense. <laughs> you just don't like Corona. They it's stopped, in a clear they bottle. They to Heineken <laughs> because they thought that the Corona was in the beer. <laughs> of course they would attack Asian people. Of course. <laughs> we are a country based on people that doesn't, we don't read. <laughs> and so the idea that we can actually think qualitatively about the group of people who would hear his jokes and then align themselves with the malicious intent that is assigned with his jokes, that idea that we could even, that we have the capability to manage that, to me that's you going into an area that it's like, yeah, let's let's make sure that we go swim the sharks with no lifeguard, but I'm going to get upset when somebody gets hurt. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm not sure I understand that. It sounds to me like we are willfully going into a situation with no security, with, uh, at the very minimum, awkwardness, and with the very maximum actual danger, which is, let's say, for example, two people standing at a bus stop waiting for the bus and getting the shit kicked out of them because some fucking bros drove by and saw them making out with each other and didn't even know what gender they were, and not even accepting the fact that they could actually drive by and let that happen. Because I've heard stories like that. And at the same time, aligning that with the idea that Chappelle made a joke about trans people, maybe at the end of the day, maybe if we have this whole topic we've gone through in this episode that we have you know, discussed, mm-hmm. where, for example, I said, I didn't realize that that circumstances regarding danger, that the fact that the degree didn't make a difference... The fact that it didn't make sense to me because I thought of it purely without any sort of, you know, coincidental societal problems. Maybe that means that Chappelle is not really afforded the privacy or privacy, the the privilege to do this special and make money off of it. The relationship I can't figure out is the difference between people saying, I don't want to pay you for this. And I can't believe you would pay someone for that. The evangelism of it. The actual proselytizing of your opinions on someone else's. So I can't, I can't really rationalize the back and forth of that. I don't, I don't know where the, I don't know where the line is as far as people who um, create the problem by listening to a comedian who, let's say, let's say hypothetically, had no malicious intent. However, was looking at a problem exactly as I was. You know, looking at the difference between a guy pulling a gun on me and a guy just kind of giving me some weird energy, but looking at it as a, as a man and saying that my problem is going to be listened to. I suppose that's how he's looking at his material. You know, he's looking at his material from the perspective of a person that like he should absolutely have the privilege to express his opinion. That's the entire point of art. And there's a history of governments and societies and communities suppressing artists. And he is a rebel. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even I'm not even fully joking. I'm saying like this interpretation can go in either direction based on where you 
how you felt at the beginning, what your biases were at, the, at that point, and how much wisdom you have based on how many people you've listened to. All the people that he, he's listened to in his life have told him a mixture of, don't you dare fucking say this, and that'd be pretty funny if you said that shit. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to laugh, and everything in between. And I just wish there was a way for people who are um, not traumatized as much to be patient and to listen in a way that they don't even know how to listen. And this is why I think Americans need to speak more than one language. Because whenever you learn another language, you actually learn how to listen. Mm-hmm. You don't even you didn't even know that you had to listen for that thing. Mm-hmm. Two different pronunciations of the letter E mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So like the same thing comes with code switching and racism enacted in a, in a circumstance where you're just sitting there like, I thought we were talking about the meeting that starts in 10 minutes. Why do I feel really uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it might be like. All of that energy comes together. And uh, there are so many people out there who really just have not had the trauma and have not had the person in front of them to explain them and don't have any reason to listen. And I, I, I wish that the liberal left side of this argument, I don't know. I, I wish that they worked harder at, at explaining it. It's like, you know, progress for dummies, etiquette for dummies. You know what I mean? Like... The interesting thing about that is um, p- putting the onus. It basically yep. puts the onus on us. <laughs> I did. I did. You're putting the onus on the affected did. party. <laughs> I absolutely did. 100%. It's, instead of on the offending I party. I blame the shit out of that. <laughs> no, it's not the same as victim blaming. blaming. Well, it's not the same as that. But it it's, is. Uh, but it's, um, I don't mean it that way. The thing, the thing is, the person on the other side has to be willing to learn. It's, it's, you can teach as much as you want, but if, if the other person has to be like willing to hear it. They have to be willing yeah. to learn. And Dave Chappelle has heard, I'm sure, every argument there is in the book as to why his jokes are not really jokes. They're just statements and why they're offensive and why it is harming the trans community and the LGBTQ community as opposed to him just... I'm just just expressing my thoughts. Right. Like, obviously, like, he had his... You know, his friend, his trans friend, I believe, committed suicide and he talked about that in the special. Like, clearly, he wouldn't be... a lot about this. Yeah, he wouldn't be friends with a trans person if he hated trans... I don't think he hates trans people. That's not what I think. Yeah, I don't think that either. What I think is that the words he uses, unfortunately, resonate with people who do hate trans people and who are afraid of trans people. That, that the, that's what I'm saying. Right. Is that right, right. I get you that. have to? I get that. You have to pay attention to the audience that you're mm-hmm. speaking to. Right. And if the audience you're speaking to is hateful, right? Maybe you maybe look at the things you're saying. I'm not saying to change your opinion. I'm saying maybe look at the things you're saying if you're attracting right. those kinds of people to you. Well, that's the thing. Like, look at them in, in a particular way. Because I I also remember hearing a couple of friends of mine say, uh, basically, talked with three friends of mine. One is straight, two are gay. And we're all having a conversation about the most recent Chappelle special. And one of them just said, that Team Turf shit didn't make no sense to me. I thought that was fucked up. The rest was hilarious. Okay. And the other guy said, I can't, I couldn't even finish it. She was fucking, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, and it was just upsetting from beginning to end. And mm-hmm. it was a completely different reaction from both people. Mm-hmm. And um, we we just talked about where it came from. But the energy surrounding that special was something that he, the comedian, Chappelle probably saw as like, Everybody tells comedians not to say what they're what they are supposed to say. This is an example of George Carlin's seven words you can't say on television mm-hmm. and you know, censorship and all of that. 
but you're in a particular position where if you're able to, like you said, listen to the fallout, like the debris of like the language that you're using and how it affects the people around you. I mean, it's, it seems like a very new type of adaptation that an artist would be asked to take. Yeah, I understand that. That's, that's the that. only thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is that it seems like, I think it's a terrible comparison, but whenever I, I hear, sometimes whenever I hear people criticize Israel, I'm like, you know, that country's 70 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the, it's surrounded by, cons- by, by a lot of uh, uh, tension since its beginning. And um, this country got tense 2020. You know what I mean? This country got tense 2016 and elected a fucking troll. And the idea that, like, we have so much space and there are so many suburban communities that voted for Trump because they were terrified of Mexicans and they live in the Wyoming. Caravans. Yeah, the caravans are coming. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're surprised that Israel went conservative. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of... It's Italy, like, too, right? It's a quarter the size of Delaware. Wow. Like it's tiny. Yeah. You know? And it's surrounded by all kinds of shit that has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But conservatism in my mind comes up from that energy of fear and like you know protect your shit and by the way that's a biological thing there was a study about five years ago on the brains of conservatives and liberals and how they could they could measure basically the the brain images of people who are more anxious they could predictively because they'd done so many studies they could predict with 95 percent accuracy right based on how anxious that person was in certain parts of their brains, they could tell if they were conservative or liberal. And the more anxious they were and the more scared they were, the more they were conservative. And people who were not afraid of everything. They just showed (laughs) a picture of a penis and the liberals were like, oh, Oh. all right, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Needs a trim. Needs a trim. Some some of us disagree with that. Some of us like the European model, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) And they showed a vagina and everybody was like, yes. Yes. Needs a trim. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like we can't tell if they're American or not. We don't. We have no idea. Everybody loves that. (laughs) But yeah, it was was just very interesting that that was was a thing. It's just like anxiety. Like, am I just, am I afraid of, am I anxious of anything that's not me? Am I afraid of others? Of of all kinds? It's like, "Mm, chances are if you are, you're, going to be more conservative right anything right. that's not me i'm afraid of and liberals are like it's the world is not that scary right right actually there's a couple of guys i heard talk about they said something like uh america talking about uh how america is so afraid of uh the spectrum of sexuality and i i didn't really think of it that at that point mm-hmm. i just thought of it as like a you know a switch the gay or straight thing no yeah. No, it's a whole spectrum. That's the thing. One of the guys was like, oh, America has no idea, honey. They have no idea. <laughs> and it just was so comforting to think of it as like a giant story that I just didn't even know anything about. It was like, it's not a switch. It's actually a really entertaining story. It's entertainment again. It could be like a... Di- I want to know the story. Yeah, it could be considered a dimmer, maybe. To, yeah, you I know, think, to a degree. Oh, my God. Now <laughs> you have switch? to be on the Negroni show. Yeah. Just a dimmer conversation. <laughs> That's my conversation with Stanley all the time. <laughs> if you start it up again, I'm sure. <laughs> I would love to. We're working on it. <laughs> we. We are. We are working on we it. We are. A year later. We are. <laughs> Listen, you know, I mean, I needed money. I didn't have any. Um, you had to go make it. Yes. I think it's interesting 
to kind of equate this to some of the misogyny talk we were talking about, misogyny is not yeah. just defined by like hatred of women. I was just thinking about this before I came over too. Like, mm. it's like just because someone's a misogynist or someone's accused of being misogynist doesn't mean they hate women. It, it's included right. in misogyny. The same thing with about like these trans jokes. It doesn't mean you hate trans. It could be so many other things Ooh. that could be going on. Yeah. But. It's the language and it's the behavior and it's the way you it's the way you interact and the way you think about it that could be considered problematic. Is right. that's what I want to talk about. Right. So something we talked about in our conversation. It's only the second time we talked a couple of months ago, and I was talking about men who tell women to smile. Right. And right. I was like, if you go around telling everyone to smile, you might be a jerk. You might think you're doing the right thing. Right. I get it. You think right. you're doing the right thing. Sure. But you might be a jerk. But you're probably not misogynist. Or you'd have to, I'd have to get other evidence to see if you were misogynist sure. or not. But if you only tell women to smile and you don't also tell men to smile, that is a sign of covert misogyny. Well, it's a sign of covert misogyny at the same time I still think it's inherently and tied to, or not inherently, I'm sorry, but very, very uh, likely tied to attraction and mm. the fact that specifically in the case of men, in the same way that you talk about the case of women, you have to talk about real fear. Mm -hmm. With the case of men, you have to talk about real lack of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that they would only isolate women, the group of people that they're attracted to, right. and have no idea how to handle that emotion, right. makes complete sense to me on an epidemic scale. Yeah. And so the fact that it translates into actual frustration, letter anger and hatred... And it, and then the degrees don't make a difference yeah, because fear right. is real no matter what. Right. That's where we get into this. This. That's where the chaos happens. Right. You know. Right. And you're you over have... here thinking you're a good guy. I'm over. Yeah. And, and, it's, and the thing is, a lot of people on our, a lot of people in the liberal side, a lot of people in the, I've met spiritual people who are like, I, I say smile all the time to pe and I'm like. Mm. I get it. I understand why. Yeah. I get that you just want people to like feel okay and be at peace and I, but. But what you think you're doing and the, and the actual emotion you're creating in yes. the other person are yes. totally different. Right. And as a woman, I'm telling you, Absolutely. please stop doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so the same thing with these trans jokes is I don't think it's a hatred, but I do think there are people in this audience who, who do have that hatred. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the words he's using play into that hatred and attract people who have that hatred and i'm just concerned about that right 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 i mean the team turf thing was the first point when i thought about it because like even people that i spoke to trans comic that i spoke to afterwards after the first special mm -hmm. where he was like a joke about the car was fucking hilarious but the rest was really uncomfortable it was that was a caitlin jenner joke right no it was the, it was was the it? joke about um how uh lgb he called them the alphabet people we have the alphabet mafia. Alphabet, alphabet mafia. No, first well, it was just the alphabet people. Now, now we now we call it the alphabet right. mafia. <laughs> people who hijack twenty percent of the letters for themselves. Said. That, okay. And By the way, that's funny. Yeah. See, I found I it, I can okay. I recognize funny. Right. I I didn't think that you didn't. I didn't think at all. <laughs> I I feel like maybe maybe you're quite because I found two Patrice O'Neill jokes not funny. You're I don't know I, maybe I felt like you were like mm, I don't know no, if I trust I, your funny I bone anymore. I didn't mean to give you that impression. It's, okay. I didn't. I okay. Didn't. Because in general, I really appreciate the idea that first of all, we've been talking, we've been hanging out, we've been enjoying company. If I felt that you had a sort of humor deficiency, <laughs> would it have, wouldn't have lasted I, this long. <laughs> I, I hope that I would have noticed. Okay. At least. <laughs> And that I do trust that everybody comes to a different joke from a different angle. That's what, what's so interesting about doing comedy. Yeah. 
is that you do jokes in front of different crowds and they same joke goes differently. Okay. But um, you know, in this case, he was he was making a joke that had to do with a certain terminology, and it, and I understand that that was really like in my mind, I didn't even really get why he was bringing it up in the moment. I just, in the end of the day, like I said, valued hearing a person just say exactly what you know what they were Mm -hmm. because in my mind comedy that's it's it's failure is is its its strength in that way that when a person is not funny if they actually if they did it by being bland then i swear get the fuck off the stage Uh if they did it by screwing up and being too much of themselves okay i'm at least grateful that i watched some honesty Okay. Because there are so many lies around me all the time. That's kind of how I feel. Okay, so you value uh, some genuineness. Yeah. Okay. I'm less mad at it than I would be at other ways of failing as a performer. That's part of the reason I would be perfectly fine talking to someone who had different values from me. Yeah. Because you're being genuine. Right, right. You're not just being like, oh, what's my talk- What's my talking point? Right. What do I What do right, I say right. to you to piss you off, to yeah. own the libs? It's like, that's not, what do yeah. you, that's not real. Right. What I'm basically, what I think I'm looking at, like my picture of what I'm, I'm, I'm looking at when I see Dave Chappelle do those things is I'm watching a person like Tom Waits or something mm. like someone. Tom Waits has a song called Georgia Lee. Did you know that? Yeah. I know the song actually. Do you, it's. Yeah. 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 Just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. He also has a song called Christmas Card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> that, was, um, that made your last year, didn't it? <laughs> Christmas yeah. Card from a hooker. It's like, ooh. Well, I mean, like, I, I just, or like Robert Plant or someone like <laughs> who's been around for a long time or like, you know, anybody who's been in the game for 20, 30 years and is trying to remain, um, trying to find a way to create something they have the benefit of the system now that mm-hmm. is on their side mm-hmm. because they can sell tickets and people will buy their shit like the rolling stones if they just fucking go on tour and so the idea that he keeps creating new things is something that i appreciate and then the idea that he's trying to also like i don't know what it's like to be a, man, a person who's like 50 years old but also trying to shock people in their 20s. Not necessarily because shock is the most important thing, but just to be an artist, to really create something new. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be a version of that that's actually more difficult when you're 50 than when you're 22 or mm-hmm. when you're 30. That you can, to make an album, to make a, to write a play or whatever it may be. And so, number one, I think that's where I look at him from as I would look at any artist who's in their third decade, you know, it's like, I'm just so happy that you're not doing the fucking, you know, casino circuit. And now that I see what you're saying, the fact that you chose to go for topics that actually your children are nervous to talk about, like people in their generation are nervous to talk about. I admire that as well. I appreciate that. I also have seen comics. Like I said, the one who was proud of bombing, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't see that in his act. I don't see that he's just insensitive to the crowd and doesn't give a shit whether they're in pain or not. That's not my reaction to him. So in in essence, I'm looking at a person who I believe is trying to create new material Mm -hmm. and elongate a career for an art form that they love by interacting with the people that they love being in front of. 
which in their mind includes trans people. That's what I think I'm looking at. You honestly, do you honestly feel Dave Chappelle thinks that the trans people in his audience appreciate the things that he says? I don't think he looks at it that way. Okay. Because I don't think Patrice O'Neill gives a shit what white people think when he thinks of his jokes either. Um, you know, and it's just easier to look at that because it looks like punching up. That's what I think. I, I don't just but that okay that's that's kind of what I'm yeah getting at is that I don't right. disagree with that the comedian in this case does not believe and he said that in his special he doesn't what, Patrice or no, Dave, Dave okay what did he said said he said about punching down this is how he closed his last special the one that was the maybe the most incendiary it was like you keep telling me that I'm punching down on you but it seems like the queer community has so much more support for its movement than black people ever had. And so why the fuck am I punching down on you? Whereas I am an actual celebrity in a state of, he didn't say it that way, but like I'm a person who has succeeded to power, who came from a community that is not exactly ready for power or set up for power. And you're ready to take me down just like people are ready to take each other down all the time when they're, when they're, not comfortable with the material when they, when they think it's triggering and whether it is or not, it doesn't matter. The movement is there. The movement exists. He, the support for the black community, according to his special, which we're just talking about, okay. was not reflected ever by American society. Whereas he feels like the gay community has a certain kind of respect that it's being given that black people never were given. That's why he doesn't view anything that he's doing as mm. punching down. Mm -hmm. And I can see being a straight man, the way that I, especially the way I told you the story about mm -hmm. the way I'm making an analogy, mm -hmm. that there's certain circumstances that he's never processed because mm -hmm. he looked at them purely as opposed to with the circumstances. That's yeah. quite possible. Maybe that's the real truth. Yeah. But I'm saying... That's my best guess of where he is. Oh boy, you know I'm not surprised if that if that's a statement that he that he made that I'm not. I'm nothing you said was surprising, <laughs> because as someone who I don't believe hates trans people to say the things that he's said and the way he said them, I don't see how it could be any other way. If he if he hated trans people, then mm -hmm. it would be it's a different story, it would right? Be obvious, right? right? But it's like, but you don't. But I yet still, you're still talking like the this. Turf shit was still, <laughs> even though like I didn't understand that it, it was still funny to me. And I, I, he and was talking about like an electronic woman versus an, an analog woman. Uh huh. That's how he kind of was, and it gave me a whole idea for a new bit too mm. as well. Mm -hmm. He didn't use analog. I thought of analog, and I was like, this is like when Miles Davis went electric, and all the jazz fans got upset. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like, I mean, the way. You have to, this is, this is where I think that I, I think I probably disagree with a lot of people that I think that you have to look at at some point as stupid as it is or as stupid as it sounds to the person who has gone through the actual pain mm -hmm. and trauma that they have gone through. If you have any uh, interest in the other side at all, as opposed to just declaring war on them, you do have to look at it from their side, from the perpetrator's side. Oh, no, of, of course, of course. Who has no context. You, you know what yesterday was? Columbus Day. You know how many... 
you know, you mean indigenous indigenous people say say? exactly. That's right. And and exactly, exactly. So now it's indigenous people say, and people are like, oh yeah, Columbus was he wasn't a good guy. So we we decided to like no longer celebrate that and take down the. Except in New York, there's a lot. I saw a map of where there are still um, statues dedicated to Columbus around the U.S. And New York is like. Center of them, it was like red there, and everywhere else it was blue. Nobody cares about Columbus. Nobody cares. The Italian community is very much so. Oh, they don't even. Okay, if this ever airs, Italians, all of you, none of you care about Columbus. Right? Don't fucking pretend that you care about Columbus. I swear to God, you care about your pizza more than Columbus. About 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 the about the pasta joint in your neighborhood more than Columbus. (laughs) You know the guy who runs the place, <laughs> and you value him more than Columbus. <laughs> Anything like Columbus doesn't matter <laughs> to anyone. I don't understand how that's Columbus possible. Columbus lives don't matter. <laughs> Columbus lives don't matter at all. Um, at all. Do you want to know another stupid and, and oh my god? You want to know another stupid fact about New York and Italian? So okay, so the reason that people are like, oh, it's the water in New York that makes the pizza and the bagels better than anywhere else. There's actually scientific proof behind that. Do you want oh, to know really? what it is? Really? Yeah, no, I'm serious. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Sure. So the water in New York, uh, it's is, about the water. It's about the water. Okay. It is. It's so people water. say that it's not that it's not true. Yeah. It's that, but there's scientific reasons behind that. This was in a Colin Quinn special as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the re- and, and coming from the South, where the water is absolute trash. Uh, oh my God! In is it Flo- trash? It's trash. trash. <laughs> it's I was trash. about to say, how do we pronounce that? Trash. Because <laughs> you got to say it as if the water is already in your system. It's trash. Uh, <laughs> I can't pronounce trash because I drank the water. <laughs> There's sulfur in the water in right. the salt too. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And, and so New York has low, I believe, low chlorine and high. I want to say fluoride. Sure, sounds I, good. To that's me. what I want to say. And in other places, the chemicals are a little bit different. So chlorine is a, obviously in pools, it's a, it's yeah. a bacteria killer. Right. So it kills the yeast when you add it to water for pizza dough or for mm. bagel dough. It okay. kills the yeast so it doesn't rise as much and, gotcha. it's, and it's, it's, it, it does a whole, so we have dirty sign. water that rises more. Dirty, we got dirty, <laughs> we got dirty water that rises more. Wow. Is this a dick joke? <laughs> Also, we prefer the European model. We don't. We don't appreciate the Israeli model. <laughs> we like it with the top up, not the top down. Oh my so. god! <laughs> I think we've come upon a closure moment for this entire episode. <laughs> We're three minutes away from recording for five hours. You said that recording for three hours. Four was- hours, actually. It starts with. It looks like five, but it's actually four. Oh, four hours. But okay. Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this go- even went over what I was. T- I'm. I promised. I was like, no, for three hours is fine. I promise you. I right. tell you, it's very. E-, and you're like, I can only do it for an hour. What are you talking about? But look what happened. See, it's very easy. Well, when you have the right. Just because we finish dynamic. doesn't mean it's good. Don't get excited. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Well, I I agree with you, but I don't. I, oh my god, this is some funny shit to say. I don't want to let your head get too big. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, you didn't. First of all, I'm totally fucking kidding. Not only do yeah. I think that we did. No, the thing is, 
the only th- reason that I think that you wouldn't put any of this out is be- is if something something happened with the quality of the audio and it wasn't up to your standard. But the content That's of what true. we talked about, That's I true. think, is great. That's true. No, the audio would be the only thing. Yeah. The content, the honesty, it's not even about the content. I would just think about, like, who the fuck would listen to three hours? Of course, unless of course, not one episode. Of course, you're really... gonna, of course, you're gonna split it up. No, the thing is, like, I don't like doing that. Uh, but what I would do is I would send it to you. You're, you could, you I could, could do it. You could split it up. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I haven't, I haven't worked with dual tracks before. I've only worked with one track. Okay. So what I can do is, if you go through the, if you have the time to go through the audio and filter out. Or or engineer it in in the way I'll so that it's. I'll make the audio already. So, yeah. I'm sorry. What? I'll make the audio improved already. Right, right. So if you do want to send it to me and make it so that all I have to do is literally just cut it up or cut out like a, there's a sound from the couch is a Done. sound or something. Done. But but what you send me is like it's already been optimized and I think yeah. it sounds good. I can do that, but I can't do that engineering part. Oh, no, I got that part. Okay. Guys, this is the tech spot of the show. <laughs> this is how we're going to close it out. <laughs> um, but wow, we're, yeah, we really did well. I think we, I actually have to go to the bathroom again. So I'm just thinking that's, that's exactly why, <laughs> how we should base the show off of yeah. my biological needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm a sensitive white man. Oh, no, God. <laughs> <laughs> who is being oppressed <laughs> you're being oppressed. by the time constraints yes i'm four hours in you're so oppressed by yeah. by the fact that other people are now some have some semblance of equality with I know, you i know like, it's just so I've terrible been for in a you. situation where a bathroom was not immediately available <laughs> and so it's it's dire <laughs> the situation is dire we haven't come up with a name for this so we i don't haven't. know if we can give like an official closing or opening we didn't do an opening we just started talking no we just did a talking yeah but i mean we weren't really even sure if this was a thing but now i think i think i'm pretty confident that it is i hope that I'm, i really had a great time i hope you agree i had a great time as well obviously mm-hmm. we have lots more to talk about we take requests Yes, we do. We'll if you get a phone line set up soon, it maybe perhaps next time we will talk about how me on the green couch over here. I'm a black woman with a preference for uh, Caucasian and East Asian men, and you okay. over there on the purple couch, at right. the very least, uh, are open to uh, dating black women. I don't know if there's a preference or not, but right, right, right. We perha- haven't gotten there yet. We didn't get it's there. Okay to lean in that direction. We sure. It's fine. It's uh, someone at some point is going to have this conversation with me because the last time it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, we're going to figure that. Next episode, we'll figure out how well it didn't go. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. How well it didn't go. How well did it go? Not well. Not well. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we had a good time. Finally. This is the third This is the third time we've met in person. That's and right. the fourth time we've talked. Because we met at a bar. And they don't know our names. Randomly. My name is Georgia Lee. That's right. Host of the podcast. Right. This is Ugh. They they didn't, they may have gotten the idea from the Tom Waits song reference. Nope. No, I didn't say that. I as did far say that. as it wasn't really clear. It wasn't clear. Right. Georgia Lee over right. here. And who are you? I'm Yoni Downs. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Names almost make sense. Your name makes a lot more sense than mine. <laughs> I like it. I think it's fun. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> well... All right. This is it. This is our first. First of whatever it is, and we'll have a name next time. Yeah, we'll have a name next time for sure. Bye.